0: Well, good morning, everyone. You did a lot better than first service, I can just tell you that. I want to start by simply saying, we just got back from, I say we, myself and six others volunteers, adult volunteers, including Pastor Christie, from a fourth and fifth grade mission trip to Oklahoma City. We got back yesterday at like 630. And I just have to say, she's not in here, so she can't hear us. And it wasn't in the recording, so she won't be able to look back and watch this. So this is important that you guys do this. But... I just want to say, every time I get to interact with Pastor Christy and, and see what she does with our students and our children, I'm like, it blows me away. And it, it makes me realize, like, how truly blessed we are as a church to have her as our children's pastor. So, if you would, if you guys parked over there, or if you have a kid, make sure that you guys give her lots of love today because she is such a phenomenal pastor. And I'm just, I'm so thankful that, you know, she's here and I get to work alongside her. So, so I just want to throw that out there. Do not forget that. If you parked out there, there, if you have children, or if you not, if if you're an adult and you parked over here, just go over there and say something to her, tell her something nice, and then you know you're good to, to leave. Otherwise, don't leave the building. <laughs> okay, I want to start by telling you the title and the theme of this morning's message. It is contentment versus satisfaction. And we're we're gonna start out by talking about something that you've probably never heard talked about from the stage or from the pulpit before. Because we are talking about hair. And not just any hair, body hair. For, for whatever reason, before your minds wander, before, well, for whatever reason, when I was younger, and I'm pretty sure every guy in here can attest to this, you know what I'm talking about. When we were younger, we thought that in order for you to be a man, you had to have armpit hair, Right? right? Okay, so when once I got armpit hair and once you guys probably got armpit hair, then it was like, okay, it's not enough for us just to have armpit hair. We're not content. We now need leg hair because real men, let's be honest, they have hairy armpits and hairy legs, right? Right? I can stand before you and I I stand before you with both of those things. You just can't see it and you wouldn't want to. But the point is, I'm. would you believe me if I was to tell you I'm still not content with hairy armpits and hairy legs? Because now... I want facial hair, and you're probably thinking, Aaron, you have facial hair, you dummy, uh, and I do. I do have facial hair, but you know what I don't have? A beard. I want a beard. Can you guys say it with me? I want a beard. Don't actually do that. That'd be weird. Every, I, I've tried everything, right? I, I've, I've wanted so, I wished it with all my might. I can't grow. Naturally, I cannot grow a beard, so I took matters into my own hands. And I started to do some research, I did quite a bit of research and I found a number of alternatives of uh, like other ways for me to grow a beard and none of them are proven. So it's just like a shot in the dark to see if it works. But I had two things stuck out to me and I was like, eh, and it piqued my interest. And so one of them are these things and it was the one that I went with, it was called beard growth vitamins. And I have some right here. I got these bad boys for a steal of only 60 bucks. Would you believe that? Right, that's awesome. Uh, And I also found this roller. This roller. It comes with these like titanium tips that you're supposed to like put this like special ointment on and like I think it's probably like you know some magical bean jack and the beanstalk type stuff like and then you're supposed to put this ointment on and then you roll it on your face and it's supposed to like activate the latent hair follicles you know on your face. It, all t- it also tattoos the word sucker on your face for only a hundred bucks. So before you laugh at me for paying 60 bucks for vitamins I could have paid more so uh, yeah I t- tell you that story, other than making you laugh, obviously, is to, to give you guys the concept of contentment, right? I'm not content with, with what I had. So remember, the message is contentment versus satisfaction. And if you've been in the church for over a year, then most likely you've heard somebody talk about Philippians 4, 11 through 13, which says, I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing, or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. So do me a favor, raise your hand if you've ever heard that passage. Yeah, a lot of us, right? A lot of us have heard that, most of us have. So before I go any further though, I need to tell you that contentment and satisfaction in the right context are good, okay? It's not just one is bad all the time, in the right context, they are good. In fact, they're both pretty synonymous, right? You probably thought, like, there's really not a whole lot of a difference before I even brought up the verses thing. So, again, we're going to look at it. Paul says, I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. So, Paul's talking about situational and physical contentment, right? The stuff that we have on this earth. There's nothing that, not hunger, not thirst, not nakedness, not sickness, that should keep us from being content because we find our contentment in Christ. We know that this isn't the end, that like, there's a far better life for us after this, so it doesn't really necessarily matter what happens to us on this life because we're looking forward to the life after this. Saying, and so that's contentment, saying I'm okay with what I have. Satisfaction, on the other hand, comes from achieving something. It is a demand. It's a demand that's really never met, right? We'll say things like, "Once I get this, or if I get this, then, then I'll be satisfied." You know, example: Once I get armpit hair, then I'll be a man. Actually, once I get leg hair, then I'll be a man. Once I get a beard, then I'll be a man. You see what I'm saying? Actually, I think you could probably bypass all those things and just go straight to beard, and you wouldn't even need the other things. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, it's always conditional: if this, then this. So the content Christian, physically content Christian, knows that they don't have to achieve something in order for them to be at peace. They're already at peace. And it's the peace of Jesus, it's from that peace that they live their life. The satisfied person, they work to achieve peace and even when they do attain attain peace, even when they do attain peace, it's only momentary. Like it's only for a brief moment and then it's gone. But you need to remember though, contentment and satisfaction in the right context are good. So let's talk about the right context for satisfaction and the wrong context for contentment, your spiritual life. I heard a pastor tell a story about a conversation that he had with his three-year-old daughter in the car. Uh, She used to love riding in the car with the windows down so that she could stick her hand out the window and she could catch the wind, in her words. And so the dad tried to explain to her like, honey, you can't actually catch the wind. You know that, right? And in typical three-year-old fashion, the daughter closed her hand, brought it inside, and was like, yeah, I can. It's right here in my hand, you know? And so I, I laughed at myself when I, like, when I heard that, but then I also was like, you know, that's pretty reminiscent of, of us, like when we're younger, maybe we're in our teenage years, or maybe when we were a uh, three-year-old, or maybe now, it could be at this point, you kind of, you think that you got it all, right? You, you kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm good. this is a good enough, uh, a good enough place I know pretty much everything there is. And you know what I'm talking about when I say the teenage years. You know, you don't really realize that there's room for improvement. And I can tell you, though, whether you're one or 100, there's always room to grow. If we become content with where we are spiritually, then we will become lukewarm Christians. And this is the definition of lukewarm. It is showing little enthusiasm and in terms of a liquid only being moderately warm. So if we as Christians were liquids, then we're supposed to be hot. So turn to your neighbor and say, I'm hot. Don't actually do, you, none of you, don't do that. Some of you did it, and that's a little weird. You'll just say whatever anybody says. If a pastor tells you to say it, you just say it. And you need to be, maybe you should think about what you say before you say it. But anyways, <laughs> Lukewarm. God talks about lukewarm Christians in Revelation three sixteen through 18. He says, but since you're like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I'll spit you out of my mouth. You say, I'm rich, I have everything I want. You don't need, I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Now this is talking about being spiritually poor, blind and naked. So I would wager that in terms of our faith, We need to seek satisfaction rather than contentment. Remember, satisfaction comes from achieving something. It's a demand that's never met. Spiritual satisfaction looks at our life and and we'll we'll say things like, you know, Think about it in terms of eating food. If you eat food, you're satisfied for the time being, hopefully. And then as soon as you get done eating, you understand the concept that I'm going to get hungry again. I'm going to need more. It's the same thing is true for your spiritual life. If you're saying like, hey, I got, I got some stuff. I'm, I'm growing a little bit. I'm going to need more. I'm, I need more Jesus. I need more church. I need more worship. I need more scripture. I need more of the Bible. Spiritual contentment, on the other hand, you kind of look at yourself and you say like, this is enough, right? You know, like, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I, I go to church every month. You know, I, I read my Bible. I, I even listen to Christian music when I'd rather listen to that pagan stuff. You know, contentment. Spiritual contentment plays the comparison game. You'd never say this, and I know that none of us would say these things, but you'd think to yourself, you like look at other people and you're like, well, at least I'm not doing this. Or like, you know, like I'm pretty good. Like I'm better than this person probably. And you'd never say that, but you kind of think to yourself, you start comparing and you look into the left and the right, and you're kind of asking yourself, is this enough? And I can tell you, though, if you're, asking, if you're asking, is this enough, and you're looking to the left and the right to figure out, is this a good place for me spiritually, then you're asking yourself the wrong question. I was at an a eighth grade graduation for Yoder a couple weeks ago, and At the graduation, the guest speaker, he gave, there were six of the six graduates, and he gave each of them a different, an envelope with different bills in them. And so like one had like a couple had, you know, one, and then there was a five and a 10 and a 20, and I think that was the max was, was a 20, but he, the speaker had all the kids, you know, give them, give them out randomly. It wasn't like their names were on it. And then he had them all open them. And then, you know, you could hear the reaction of the kids uh, like as they got money and they were gonna be able to keep it. And then he called on the kid who got the $1 bill and he was like, how do you feel right now? And the kid like looked at his $1 bill and then he looked at his neighbor and he was like, I feel like the kid sitting next to me just got 20 bucks. And then everybody started laughing. And, then, and so then he was like, and how does that make you feel? And he was like, I feel like I got ripped off. And so I tell you that to say, if we're looking to the left and to the right to, to find our contentment, to find our happiness, or whatever, it's, you're looking in the wrong place. You're asking the wrong question and you're looking in the wrong place. The better question that you should be asking yourself is, am I growing? Now, what I said is really hard, especially for myself because I'm a box checker. I love to check boxes. Raise your hand if you, if you love to check off boxes or just list check and just scratch them out. Yes, okay, awesome. You're like me. I love doing that, but it's hard for us box checkers to just check a box because Christianity is not just a box that you can check, right? It's not just saying like, hey, read my scripture today. Christianity, check, you can do whatever I wanna do. Now, listen to Christian music, check. Uh, I helped some random person today, check. I'm very nice, good me, go me. So you check a box, it's not that. If, if If you're wanting true growth, you're not gonna get it through just checking a box. We're called to try new things in order to grow. It's, it, obviously, those are nice things, by the way. What I just said is I'm not diminishing reading your Bible or helping nice people or listening to Christian music. I'm saying if that's all you're doing and you've been doing it, then it's time to do something new. You need to do more. Right? It's all about growing. I'm not saying add more onto your plate. I'm saying change things up. Do something different. So do some self-reflecting. Ask yourself, am I growing Am I seeking spiritual satisfaction or am I already content with where I'm at spiritually? So the author of Hebrews was actually talking to a group of people when he, that were going through similar situations where they were content with where they were spiritually. And this is what he had to say to them in chapter 5. He says there's much more that we'd like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you seem spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. So he's clearly not pulling any punches. He's just telling them like it is. You've been believers for so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You're like babies who need milk and can't eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what's right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. To coin the phrase, don't be a baby. Don't be a Christian baby. We as as Christians are called to try new things in order to grow. Don't be content with where you are spiritually. I would wager, we're gonna talk about how to grow. You know, how do you grow? Because I'm saying all these things about growth. How do you grow? Well, I believe that there are five things. There's more than five things, obviously. But I, I, I came up with a list of five things, and I think the number one is the most important out of all of the things that I list. And the number one, it starts with making your faith a priority. It has to be a priority. If, you, if, it is, if your faith is not a priority, you will not experience true growth. And when I say Make your faith a priority. What I don't mean is go sell all your stuff, become a pastor or a missionary, and, you know, just preach the gospel constantly on the street. I'm not saying that. I am I'm repeating what Jesus says in Matthew 6, 19 through 21. He says, don't store up your treasures here on earth where moths eat, eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust can't destroy and thieves don't break in and steal where your treasure is your heart will be also our priorities are really easy to tell and you might not believe me but if i could see, I could tell you where all of your priorities are. If I would, if I was just look at your, your time card, if you had like a a list of an agenda of, of what you do every day, if I looked and saw how you spent your time, and I also was able to look at your transaction history on your bank statement, I could tell you where your priorities lie based on where you spend your money and where you spend your time. So if your faith is really a priority to you, are you giving your, your time and are you giving your money? This isn't supposed to be a serving talk. But are you serving? This isn't a giving talk, but are you giving? Where your treasure is, where your heart and your money is, or are, I don't know the proper English, whatever, your heart will be also. Is your faith a priority. If it isn't, then let's work on it. That's, you know, right? That's one of the reasons that we come here. We, we come here to obviously worship God, but also to, to work and grow. So if it's not, then, then let's keep growing and, and let's keep listening. If it is, then there's always room to grow. There's, I'm going to list you all these things, but you could be doing all of those things, but we could always do better in each of these things. Number one, make, make your faith a priority. Number two, get connected. We talk a lot about connection cards and we talk about small groups or life groups. If you are not involved in a life group, then I would strongly encourage you to get involved in a life group. You're going to hear more about them coming up. They're going to start back up in the fall in September, but I strongly encourage you. We now have the, the connection cards in the back of your, your seats or on your tables or online if you don't want to touch anything, um, but you have to touch your phone to do that. So either way, get connected. Fill out a connection card. Say like, hey, I wanna, I wanna get connected and we will work on getting you into a group with people who are in similar stages of life as you. So that's number two. Number three, serving. We have a plethora of places that we need volunteers, that we need people to serve in. Fill out a connection card and mark, check the box, that says, I'm ready to serve. We need people to serve. Number four, this is the really touchy one that everybody starts to like kind of get uncomfortable and you start shifting in your chairs a little bit. This is giving. Number four is giving and it's pretty self-explanatory. I've talked a little bit about it already. Almost all of the pastors on staff give electronically. We talk a lot about automating the important because if it's a priority to us, we don't even wanna have to think about it, right? And so for us as pastors, it is a priority for us. And so it just does it like we don't even think about it it just does it so number 4 giving and lastly number 5 worship so this means our prayer life this means our our private and our corporate worship and praise i can't define worship by using the term worship so it's our praise ignore that worship part it's our private and corporate praise so worship by the way is not just singing i know it gets it kind of gets a wrap of being just about you know singing with your mouth and stuff, but it's it's much more than that. It's it's how you live your life. You know, if you're worshiping God, you're worshiping God with your whole life, not just with your mouth. Because you know, a kid can tell you like, yeah, I won't do that anymore, and then they go and do it, and then you're going to get really mad. It just was on the fourth and fifth grade mission trip, and that happened. So I know what it's like. It's more than just worshiping with our mouth. It is the whole your whole life. It's how you live your life. So I want to end with three questions and this is just self-reflecting questions that you can ask yourself are you content number one are you content with where you're at spiritually if you are not spiritually if you're are you content with where you are physically if you're content with where you are physically with what's you got in your life if what anything that you have are you content with it? Because if you're content, then, then that is awesome. That means that you understand who Jesus is and you un- you're living your life through a sense of peace that other people do not have. Number two, are you satisfied with your life spiritually? Because if you're satisfied, then you know like, hey, that's good, but I'm gonna need more, right? I might be good for like just now, but I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need more. And which leads me to number three, are you growing? or are you just checking another box? Because Christianity is so much more than just checking a box. Are you growing? We as a church and as a staff, we want to see each and every one of you guys grow and make steps towards growth. So it doesn't matter where you're at in your faith journey, where you're at in your life, what, it doesn't matter. If you're one or 100, it does not matter. We want to see you guys grow. And I think that the best way that we can do that is through simply doing those five things. Starts with making a priority. And then you gotta get connected. And there's so many more things. If you're taking notes, then you're gonna have to look back at your notes because I'm not looking back at it. But get connected, start growing. We want to see you do that. Let's do it together. We're going I'm gonna pray and then the band's gonna lead us in another song. But I, I I'm really hoping that you take to heart the concept of of reflecting on yourself, am I growing? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each individual in this room. I thank you for the, their lives. I thank you for where they're at. I, I ask that you would you would come to them in their in their time of need. I, I ask that you would help encourage them to know that this this might be a, a good spot for now, but that they they need to continue to grow, and that we would you would your Holy Spirit would just push us in a way of of unforeseen growth. Lord, we love you. We worship we we worship you and we we really just we need you more than ever, Lord. I, I ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.